Welcome to Prima's 2023 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Senior Director of Education and Training at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Terry Nichols and Ed Bantle will discuss an alternative strategy in law enforcement risk mitigation. Terry is the Director of Business Development and Grant Management at RAP Technologies. Ed is the Program Administrator at Arizona Municipal Risk Retention Pool and Berkeley Risk Administrators. We will also be joined by Prima's Education Coordinator, Taekwon Gilbert. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Terry, Ed, thank you for joining us today. Glad to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Yes. No problem. So for starters, can you describe the partnership between the Arizona Municipal Risk Retention Pool and RAP Technologies? Ed, I'll let you take lead on that one. Yes, we have struggled at the risk at the risk pool for a long time about uh, what can we do to uh, assist in loss control for the police departments. And uh, we have numerous programs, but we became aware of the uh, the BOLARAP program. And uh, we were very interested in this because uh, we've had numerous instances where we felt that if the bowler app had been available to our members, that we could have had uh, either eliminated the claim or certainly had reduced the severity of the claim. So we reached out to them, and uh, luckily for us, we are in uh, Costell, Arizona, and they are in Tempe, Arizona. So we went down and uh, met with them, and they demonstrated the bowler app for us, and uh, we were very impressed with the um, with the with the bowler app. So. We went back to our board, and we felt that this would be very worthwhile to put into the hands of our police departments. We were also aware that most of our cities and towns are small, and they don't have large budgets. So the risk pool uh, worked out an agreement with BOLARAP that we would fund 50% of the cost of the BOLARAP for each of our members. So that's how we joined up with with the BOLARAP folks. How did you determine that this partnership was in the best interest of the risk retention pool and your members? We went through a large percentage of the claims that that we have in police, and we have determined that police claims account for about 62% of all of our claims, so it's extremely significant. And um, we've had a couple of instances. In fact, I personally, prior to working with the the underwriting side, I worked in the claims part, and uh, I had handled many police liability claims. And we have seen claims where people have actually been shot and killed because the police officers uh, didn't have alternative methods. And one example was an individual who was at home and was acting very, very belligerent, and the family called the police. The man came kind of running out of the the door, and the police were not sure what he was going to do, and they took a shot at him and killed him. Well, he was just off his meds. And had we had something like the bowler wrap, he could have been stopped, and then they could have done a more appropriate response for him. I've also had a couple of situations where we've had young children acting up at home. Parents would call the police to teach the kid a lesson, and we had an officer who was uh, felt that the one the young child was going to be a threat to him and shot and killed the child. Again, if we had had a bowler wrap, that would have been a situation where we could have averted those two claims. So we had numerous, numerous claims that we felt if we had this as an option, we might have been able to avoid the claim. We figured that we probably could have reduced claims by, well, several million dollars if we had had 
FR members that had the bowler wrap available to them. What makes the bowler wrap different than all of the other less lethal tools officers carry throughout the country? You know, that's a real good question. I, I'm glad you asked it. The best way to describe the bowler wrap is, it is a remote restraint device. And what really makes it different than all the other things that we give officers to carry on their, on their belts is it does not rely on pain to gain compliance. You know, everything that we give officers today, and historically, uh, they're designed to do one thing, and that's create pain in hope of gaining compliance. And uh, as, as a remote restraint device, it simply helps us restrain a person from a distance without that use of pain. It's like a, a Spider-Man web, if it were, fires out, deploys out, and wraps around a person, and then we can move up and get them into custody. It's a tool designed to prevent the use of force from occurring in the first place. You know, we, I think society as a whole has, has wants a change in police and how we historically have done business. The behavioral health crisis issues that Ed spoke about so eloquently about the, the, the issues officers face across the country and dealing with someone that's in a mental crisis or some type of behavioral health crisis. Again, families call the police to help, and what police often end up having to do is use the only tools they have available to them, and that's something that creates pain to get someone into protective custody to get them help. And we just think it, we don't need to do that. So when used early in a situation, when an officer has a legal authority to detain a person, whether it be for a mental health hold or as a crime, and the officer is met with low levels of resistance, the bowler rep can actually de-escalate a situation and prevent it from getting out of hand or escalating the need to use force at all. That's our goal is to avoid any use of force. You know, years ago, the taser came out, and I remember doing a demonstration on a, on a taser. Actually, it was somebody, had, back in the time, in order to use a taser, you had to be tased. And uh, there was a demonstration being done at a city council meeting from one of our members. So, you know, I was there and, uh, and, and saw that. And a taser is also a good tool, but we still see quite a few claims coming from tasers, more so than we would see from bowler wraps, because uh, people still get injured from the tasers. So this is one level below that that is available to our officers now, and it's especially useful, I think, in these domestic types of situations. Yeah, good good point, Ed. And we market the bowler wrap as it's not, it's not designed to replace any tool on an officer's belt. Uh, it is something to, in addition to, there's such a large gap. If you look at traditional police use of force continuums, where you start with your officer presence at the low end and go all the way up to deadly force, you know, officers across the country operate in this 98% of where they're not using force at all. Maybe they get verbal noncompliance. Maybe somebody's running from them or something like that. But it really gets up to the point that you're using deadly force. The bone ref's designed to be using that 98% piece where you tell someone you're under arrest or you're being detained and they tell you no or they start passive resistance. We can use the bowler wrap because it doesn't create pain. It's simply a restraint tool, a distraction tool to get someone, again, lawfully into custody without having to rely on our traditional tools that cause pain, like the, like the taser, like a pepper ball, uh, like a nightstick, like all the other tools, pepper spray that, that officers carry. Are there any other risk pools or insurance carriers you're working with at this time? And are those models any different than that of the Arizona Risk Retention Pool? We're currently talking to one other for sure, and they're looking at a, a little bit different model. They're wanting to pilot the technology with five different members. Uh, they're looking at different sizes within the state, different size agencies of their members, and also claims from those respective agencies. And uh, put them out there, I think they're looking to a, you know, a full uh fledged pilot where they're going to fund it 100% to see the outcome of this pilot and then move forward from there. But we certainly 
would we be interested in partnering with anybody who's interested in getting this technology in officers' hands to help lower risk and mitigate uh, future claims? What challenges have you faced in implementing the partnership with RAP Technologies? One of the issues that we have, and this, I don't know how this affects other states, but in, in Arizona, the cities and towns are on fiscal year, so they, they go from July to July. And once they have established a budget and has been approved by the state, they have very little wiggle room to make any kind of changes to that. So one of the things, we started this in, a, in January, and so they were in the middle of their fiscal year. So we realized that unless they happen to have some surplus budgeted, uh, most of our members weren't going to be able to take advantage of the program in that those first six months. So we had to go longer with that to give them a chance to budget in the next fiscal year. And the budgeting, I think, is the biggest, one of our biggest problems. So we're actually extending the program again, you know, this year to allow the cities and towns to um, take care of the budgeting. Because even with us paying half the cost, some of our, especially our smaller cities and towns, are still struggling somewhat uh, to come up with, with the cost. And then there was a little bit of um, pushback because the uh, the police don't set the budget, and there was a little bit of. Yeah, you know, this is this is just a, a kind of a new toy kind of a thing, or how how effective was this? But we've done some uh, training, we've done webinars with the Bowler app folks, and uh, we've gotten I think over that that hump too. So now we've got I think about half of our members have so far already made the purchase. So it's actually gaining quite a bit of a momentum now. Yeah, I'll echo what Ed said. There's always a challenging with budgets. A timing of everything and getting the word out. So there was a, a budget issue. There's also a, a marketing issue of letting people know this was out there. Again, this is new. And then there's the technology side on our end about people are still weren't quite sure about bull wrap. Now, what is this? And now we're starting to see where it's proven technology. Uh, we're in 900 agencies across the U.S. and 58 different countries that the technology is being proven now. And I think that's what a lot of people were looking for, you know, waiting for other people to adopt this, test it out, and then say, okay, you know, we see it's real now, we'll we'll go for this. And it just, the sales cycle is just long. But, you know, kudos to the MRAP folks in Arizona that they were on the cutting edge, leading edge of this, and saw the value in it. And I think that adds some credibility to it as well. And like uh, Ed said, uh, you know, more than half their members are, are utilizing it now, and it's a great partnership. It's actually been an interesting uh, concept for us in a marketing perspective because we've had members who are not kind of on the fence about joining the pool, and, and this is one of the benefits that actually has encouraged people to look at us closer. In fact, we've gotten uh, several phone calls from non-members asking for reimbursement. We have to say, well, no, we can't. <laughs> we don't. We don't uh, reimburse for uh, you know for non-members. So it's actually uh, got quite a bit of. Um, traction in the state. You know, we work very closely with the ACOP, you know, the Arizona Group for Police. And uh, so word has gotten out there to all members actually out there, all cities and towns, not just the AMRP members. So how does the bowler wrap mitigate risks and reduce liability for agencies and insurers? Well, in our case, you know, like I said, I saw I had three claims where people were killed, shot, uh, when they probably could have been tased if we had it back in that day, or certainly bowler wrapped twice with young kids. You know, they they were causing problems at home. Parents want to teach the kid a lesson. Police officers come in the door. The kid acts up, and we've had two occasions where those children ended up being shot. They could have been bowler wrapped. The other example I think I used before is when people may be off of medication and they're acting erratic. And, you know, the police officer is 
don't know what they're up against, right? And so they get there and they see the erratic behavior. And at the time, they didn't have a lot of options that were non-lethal. And the bowler wrap now gives that um, gives them that option, even before having to go to a taser. I'll kind of break it down to three different levels, I guess, from a, a former police chief perspective. Is one, if we can reduce injuries to individuals that were have to detain or taken into custody, I think that will obviously reduce claims. You know, fewer medical claims of injuries, that that's huge. You know, we're not having to use a, a baton on somebody or, or inflict some type of pain. We're, we're restraining them with a, a tool that doesn't cause pain. So there's fewer medical injuries. You know, a side benefit to that is, is the general community being more supportive of law enforcement. You know, especially when handling persons, as we've been talking about, in a behavioral health crisis. The second, officer injuries. You know, you think of a, a traditional foot pursuit where an officer tackles someone, they go to the ground, they get in a scuffle, they tear an ACL uh, or break a finger wrestling or fighting someone. Those are all claims that have to be paid out. You know, on the financial side, those are medical claims being paid out, workers' comp. But on the operational side, putting on my chief's hat for a second, that's an officer off the street having to cover a shift now short with overtime, work, you know, having to just everything that, that implies downrange when you have an injured officer. So I think, you know, the lost time and everything else. Third, reduced liability. I mean, Ed's talked about they've had numerous claims of liability claims over the years with police, you know, conduct, whether you, maybe not misconduct, but just conduct in general where we're causing injuries or we're, you know, they're suing us for a 1983 claim for excessive force. You won't see this with the bull wrap. Uh, we haven't seen it yet. And again, since it's not something that is designed to injure somebody, there's far, far, far less likely of having any type of claim like that where is excessive force was used. So I, I think those three right there alone are, are it's a great, great strategy for you know risk pools and, and insurers to look at this uh, some type of partnership seriously because it, I think it can definitely reduce and mitigate liability uh, for both the agencies and the insurers. And I think the workers' comp aspect is significant as well because, again, just like on the property casualty side, police account for the majority of um, workers' comp claims. And a lot of that is involved with uh, interactions with people when they're taking someone down. You know, I don't know how familiar people are with the bowler wrap, but we actually went to their office and we actually got wrapped ourselves. We wrapped other people. <laughs> There's a... Is a laser, so you can accurately place where you want the, the wrap to go. And it goes around you, but it doesn't tighten up. You know, even if it went around your neck, it doesn't choke you. It just stops you. There's a loud noise, which kind of startles you, and it just stops you dead in the track. One of the videos that we looked at before we got involved was with one of our local police officers. And there was a woman who was either on some kind of drugs or intoxicated or having some kind of mental issue and threatening to run out into into traffic. And the police officer simply did the bowler wrap, stopped her, and they took her and got the help that she needed. They avoided her from running into the street, possibly getting hit by a car, and possibly having to, to, to use, you know, more excessive force. So we were really impressed with that. And uh, like I said, we, uh, we tried it on ourselves, and it's... Uh, there's really no, you don't get the, the same reaction that you get even from like the tasers. It's a, it's a very benign way to restrain somebody. Yeah, and I encourage people, we, we have a YouTube, if you want to see how it works, we have a YouTube channel. Just do a, on YouTube, look at RAP, W-R-A-P, or BOLA RAP, B-O-L-A RAP, and you'll find tons of body cam videos that agencies that use it have sent in to us. And we use it both in training and obviously marketing as well, but you can see how it's used. And 
there's one classic one I'll just leave, leave on this note. There's one this this summer in Pennsylvania, and uh, it was a behavioral health crisis, a man in crisis at his home. His daughter had called the police because he punched a hole in the wall. And this and this is on our, our YouTube channel. But this man was going to fight. He told the first officer on the scene, get some help and let you and I get it on. And then he told the second officer who got there, you two are going to need more than you two to take me down. And uh, he wanted to fight, no doubt about it. And he tried to fight them, but they wouldn't engage him. And they wrapped him. And he became a kitten. They wrapped his arms tight. He couldn't break the cord. And they went up and handcuffed him without any further injury. No fight. No officers hurt. Nothing. And that is just an absolute testament to what this technology, which is new, you know, it's it's not been around forever, is allowing police officers across the country and across the world to do and be able to effectively, you know, take someone into proper custody without using pain as, as a compliance tool. I can say with confidence, to the extent that the Volar wrap eliminates one claim, it's paid for itself. The, the savings on one claim would, would outweigh what we've uh, what we've invested in the Volar wrap. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks to our speaker and all of our listeners. Please visit the Prima website to hear other Prima podcasts, view Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about other Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have an amazing day.